believe that. I had to download Chrome on this. Whoa, download Chrome. You didn't just have Chrome? Not on this one. Bro. Because you got to remember, this is my laptop, and normally... This would be my desktop, but I haven't pulled that out yet because the carpet's not in yet. Bro, why don't you get carpet? You should just get that carpet, in my opinion. What does that mean? Yeah, I, it just means you should get carpet. Is that like, does it match the drapes? Hey! <laughs> I am sending a push notification right now. Push that notification, bro. Push it. I think we're live. I don't know. You can check on Facebook or, or somewhere. See if it's rolling. We should be. Let's go. Let's go. My son is trying to um was trying to me message me. About what? I mean he was trying to FaceTime me. I think oh. so Austin just got his license. And I think he wants to uh, take the car, but I don't think there's a car to take. So I think he's uh, SOL. It sounds like he's SOL to me. You hear that, Austin Middleton? You're SOL, uh, bro. Uh, Sorry, I bro. See. I see. He was trying to show me. Is there a way to share the screen? I can present. I don't know if you can. Um no. No, you can't. I can ban you from the studio yeah, though. That's well, fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you why <laughs> Austin is calling me. You're gonna okay. ban me? I can. I'm just saying I can. I'm not going to, but I, I have that power. All right, so this this banter for everybody just tuning in, obviously, thanks for joining. We are pretty, pretty, pretty excited for this one. This is a pretty sweet little episode we got lined up for you guys. A whole bunch of guests joining. We got Lucas it's Siebert. Not a little episode. No, it's actually a pretty big episode. Yeah. Lucas Siebert, Tanner Cahill, Cody Gamble, Gavin Teasdale, Dalton Rasta, Tommy Costa. Dalton Rasta and Costa. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And they're back that's, to back. I didn't even realize that until I went through it, but that's awesome. So good from, lineup. From Sp now on, all of our guests have to back to back like rhyme. Totally agree. Gavin and I got nothing Teasdale on that. Teasdale and. Yeah, I got nothing on that. Ryan Middleton. Oh, look at that. Ryan Middleton got a plaque from Upper St. Clair for his dedication to youth sports. My goodness. <laughs> What a guy. Wow. We should we should induct him in the 247 Hall of Fame next, in my opinion. No. <laughs> but we got this episode lined up for you guys, so we're going to have all of them calling in. Kind of, as you can see, we're still working on getting the podcast studio officially back together. So this is more like your Zoom call-looking podcast. It's technically StreamYard, not Zoom, but same, same idea. So we're going to have them call in for just like 10 minutes apiece to talk about their upcoming matchups. Obviously, a lot of them competing at Sprawlendeberg 2, Tanner competing at Sprawlendeberg 18, and Tommy Costa has a... He's So if you guys don't know Tommy, he is the owner and head coach at High Ground Jiu-Jitsu in Greensburg. They have a satellite location in Monroeville. I'm not going to spoil what he's on the show for but he's got a special little thing going on as well as several competitors competing for us on sprawl and brawl he's got dan walters at brawl in the berg 18 several grapplers on sprawl in the berg 2 and something really big going on the week of sprawl in the berg 2 so we're going to talk to him about that and some more stuff so 
a fun episode coming up, but I wanted to start it. Obviously, we've been on a tear with all these Sprawl on the Berg 2 announcements You've lately. You've been having a lot of fun here, bro. I, I know. I know. We've just been announcing fights. It feels good to announce matchups that people are excited about, and we've definitely been hanging on to one that I thought people would be super fired up about. So we've said previously that there is a you an active ufc fighter not a former ufc fighter not a you know he fought for the ufc 10 years ago kind of guy not that we got somebody in the ufc currently on the sprawl and the bird two Connor mcgregor yeah. grappling for you sprawl said on the bird. can you believe it can you believe it he entered the usada pool and I mean, it failed all of his tests, and we said, all right, come grapple for us. <laughs> but seriously, it is uh, not only – this one's cool because it's not only an active UFC fighter, which which is cool on its own. You know, anytime you can have an active UFC fighter compete in any combat sport for your organization, you're going to take that opportunity. But just so happens to also be a guy with intense local ties um, – I don't want to give. You're just going to know who I mean if I explain him too much. So let me see. What, is, Let's, in, what is that? What does that mean when you say intense local touch? Like he's not just kind of local. He is viciously Pittsburgh. <laughs> Dude, your, your adjectives are interesting. <laughs> Thanks. You're viciously Pittsburgh. Thanks. Let me. I just want to see. I've never shared a screen with with Streamyard. So let's let's see what we got here. Um, um sorry okay. for eating folks you definitely should Hunter be brought he brought these nuts in here and i just need to eat them hmm let me see i'm having, having oh brian marska thinks he has a guess for it um i cannot confirm nor deny that guess i'm trying oh. to pull it up we're battling we're battling technology here with the screen share. One second. One second, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy. Did I figure it out? We're about to find out. The UFC fighter competing is dun 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 dun. No, I didn't figure it out. I suck. Well, plus you didn't figure it out. Oh, this is awful. What a what an absolute fail on my part. It says Google Chrome cannot access screen sharing because of some weird permissions. That is, this is the lamest thing I've ever heard. What is happening? Wow. Okay. Well, guys, I mean, there's no UFC fighter. The we were just kidding. Yeah, I, his, it was actually just a joke. His contract just got deleted because <laughs> it, it didn't work. <laughs> they said you're competing for an organization that can't share a screen. We don't think so. <laughs> we don't think so. That's like, definitely who not is happening. This clown? <laughs> um uh 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 <laughs> the clown pulls through. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Josh Framed, you obviously called it. It was also when we posted that kind of looking for a fighter uh poster. Yeah, I noticed that. It was kind of obvious if if you knew what you were looking for, it was kind of obvious that it was Josh Framed. So we're obviously very excited to have the big yins. That's what I was getting at with intense local ties. His nickname is literally the Big Yins, so that's pretty much as perfect as it gets. 
taking on Josh Ramirez. So he trains down in Louisiana. Very good uh, MMA fighter as well. Brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Cross trains at Stout. So that's actually how he found out so fast was he has a lot of Stout ties and follows us on Instagram and things like that and saw when we posted that wanted matchup, Josh Ramirez jumped all over it. And we're going to talk about it with our first guest coming up, Lucas Siebert, because Lucas is very close with Josh Ramirez. And Lucas said right away, like, dude, Josh is a dog. He's like, I don't even know if you know how good that matchup is that that you just well, made. Here's the thing, like in both of their contracts, this is a only one Josh walks out of this battle. So they have to change their first name, whoever does not yeah. win. And they actually have to change it to just Yin's regardless. So it's either yes. Yin's Ramirez, Ramirez <laughs> or Yin's friend. I kind of want Yin's Ramirez. <laughs> Not that I'm rooting for Josh. I just want a guy walking around the world whose name is Yin's Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're crazy excited to have Josh Fremd on the card. Um, we, Ryan... A fun fact for you guys, Ryan can actually share the story, but there was a point in time where you wanted Josh to fight for 247, right? And actually had a conversation with him about no, actually, that. Actually, there were two separate um, two separate instances where he almost fought for us. Um, one was when before we ever even had a show, um, I met with him in person down in the Target in, where is that? The Target in... Uh, like Bakery Square. Yes. Yeah. And there's like a S Starbucks or something in there. Mm -hmm. And we met there, and that, and then he ended up moving to Denver after that, and going to Factory X. Um, and then there was another point in time where we were going to bring him in for a fight. We actually had the fight signed. Uh, and how far? Like we were flying him in um, from Denver. We had a fight sign, and then something happened, and and it got scrapped. We ne we didn't even get to a point of the point of announcing it, um, but or I think maybe the I don't know something happened where it didn't end up working out. That kind of stuff happens all the time, more than we like, um, or um, you know, when you work on a fight for a long time um, that is agreed to on both sides, and then it ends up not panning out. Like, yeah, actually. So the fact that you can't remember exactly what went wrong kind of exemplifies how often it happens because you would think with Josh Fremd, if something went wrong, you would totally remember what that was. But yeah, it does I think, I think happen it, a lot. I could even, I could pull it up to figure out who the fighter was, but it would have been an awesome fight. Um, but I did, uh, I did have the opportunity to, um, work with Josh for a pinnacle fight. And that's where we got to kind of know each other a little bit and um, been friends with Josh ever since. So to have him in the two, four, seven cage is a huge honor. Um, you know, his ties to Pittsburgh um, and Pittsburgh gyms, including all American and Matt factory and, and Isaac and um, the gang there. It's just, you know, it's awesome. And, he was kind of earmarked as the next guy mm -hmm. and it came true. Yeah. 
I mean, it, like you said, it was kind of obvious from early on that Fremd was a special talent, and he just keeps proving that. So it's an honor to have somebody like that in our cage competing and grappling. This one kind of fell out of the sky, to be honest. Josh Fremd, Josh hit me up and said, hey, are you guys looking for to add a purple belt to the card? And I thought it was going to be a teammate or somebody he knew or something like that. Like I didn't even know he was talking about himself. And I was like, yeah here's like a few options or something i forget what it was and i was like who's this for by the way and he's like me and i'm like oh <laughs> oh sorry i didn't realize you were asking for yourself didn't even realize that was in the realm of possibility with the ufc contract and everything so that's awesome that we got it worked out and and got this match made and it's a sweet opportunity to see an active ufc fighter competing back in his home tan 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 I was like reading and talking at the same time, and that's not smart because my boy Ed Carbajal with the 247 fights comment, he he always does like the best Portuguese accent. <laughs> 247 fights. Uh, it's better when he does it. Anyway, Carbajal, thanks for show, showing up, dude. So, yeah, Jared Wait, Billy. Is, is this podcast not on Stream 247 Live? Yeah, it better be. I don't see it. You should look harder. Oh, there it is. There you go. Yeah. Imagine okay. that. I'm opening that in case. Nice. In case anyone chats on there. As Jared Billy pointed out, Rasta and Fremd on the same card. That is pretty sick. A top five Bellator middleweight, an active UFC middleweight, both at Sprawl on the Bird 2. And maybe, just maybe, Jared Billy, just maybe, we're going to add another guy in that realm. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Um, Lucas was here for a second and then he popped out. Oh, okay. He was just testing it. <laughs> he said, I was just testing it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that worked. I saw Lucas pop up backstage. So this is pretty cool. This little, I like this little stream yard setup. You just invite people in and they hang out backstage and then you add them to the stream when it's showtime. So Lucas still has like three minutes here, but we'll get him in here in a second. Carbajal. Thank you. Ed, Nikki Rod versus three top locals is an awesome booking. I definitely love everything about that. Like, beyond excited for that. Obviously, an honor it's to so have. It's so sick. Let's just I, be honest. It's it so is. Sick. Be because here's the thing. Like, Even if there's haters out there and we know they exist, this is awesome. Nikki Rod in Pittsburgh competing against local, local. I mean, this is a, this is truly like, a dream that is actually happening live and, and it, you know it's an awesome opportunity this isn't something that guys are going to get um every day like you get the opportunity to compete against one of the best in the world and yeah what what competitor doesn't want what guy hasn't said man I, I, like i think i could take michael jordan to the hole like i, I just like, try it yeah these guys get to do that they get to like test they're like they've been they work hard and like okay where do i rank where do i stand you'll get the opportunity to see yeah and i love that format just for that like nikki rod versus any one of them straight up in a super fight maybe not that interesting just nikki rod is on a different level that's not to hurt anybody's feelings or say anything everybody knows this he's on a completely different planet but when you stack them back to back to back <laughs> By the time Nicky Rod gets to that last guy, man, I, and honestly, I don't. We don't know the order yet. Nicky Rod gets to pick the order. I guess he's doing some research to determine what order he wants to face them in. But no matter which one of the three, whether it's Jake, Cody, or Zach, 
it, I thought I saw people say Brutal. so. So I thought I saw people saying like that 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 Cody was first, and like I thought there was an order I, already. So I saw Cody post that too that he was first, and I don't know where he got that or who told him that. If I I don't I don't think I said that because I shouldn't have if I did. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure where people got the order. We are not picking that part of the <laughs> part of the setup was that um was that he he picks the the order. So he yeah. he will determine that. Yeah. So no no matter what, he's going to have a rough time in those last few minutes like guaranteed 100% that that's going to get hard. I know he's on a completely different planet and everything, but there's no human on earth that gets, you know, better after 16 minutes of very hard grappling. Um, maybe Gordon Ryan, but that's only when he can face the same guy for those 16 minutes. Um, he can wear him down. But yeah, that's just not happening. We have our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, at 3:45 p.m. on the dot, Mr. Lucas the Sniper Siebert. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Good, man. Having a blast here. How are you doing is the more important question. Yeah, I'm great, man. Uh, about to, I just pulled into Stout parking lot. Um, about to do open mat at 4.30. Nice. That's yeah. beautiful. That's what we like to hear. You're uh, getting all trained up. You have quite a lot going on right now, man. And I know only some of it is announced, so we won't talk about all of it, but we'll talk about what's announced. And what is announced, Sprawling the Bird 2, you versus Gavin, man. We announced this a while ago, and I think I can speak for the entire organization that this has been one that we've been like, holy crap, when do we get to watch Lucas versus Gavin? Like, this is just, we're so looking forward to this matchup, man. How's preparation going, and how are you feeling about the opportunity? Great, man. Uh, I think one cool thing is I got to compete at Stout Fights Jiu-Jitsu, uh, like, uh, last Sunday. Um, which helped. Um, it was the complete opposite person of Gavin. I had a purple belt leg locker, which, you know, I'm sure Gavin would tell you that's not his game. Um, pulled guard, uh, the complete opposite kind of style, but that's kind of what I wanted. I want to kind of challenge myself in a couple of different aspects of fighting, um, before I jump into like, you know, pro. Mm hmm. I think that that's a good little segue. You've consistently tested yourself throughout your amateur MMA career and your grappling career now and wherever else this may take you. But I think Gavin does present a super unique challenge. I'm sure you guys recognize that. I know Wilkins recognizes that. When you when you look at his game, what do you see that makes him special? Uh, Gavin's a super high-level competitor. He's been competing at the highest level since he was a kid. Um, he knows how to win. Uh, he's a grinder. Uh, he's a little bit like shorter and stockier, which is going to help him in the grappling aspect. If this was a striking fight, I think I would have the advantage, but he's low to the ground, um, stuff like that. Um, and he's competed at the, on the grappling scene more than me. Um, as far as like the USA team and whatnot, I, I don't really know the ins and outs of how that works. Um, but you know, he's, He's obviously good, right? That's why I asked for him um, specifically. Do you, do you look forward, like, obviously the grappling fight, the grappling match, rather, is what was presented, but, like, do you think about how you would match up in a fight with him? I mean, I'm just saying. I got to set the stage for that. I, I think I would match up very, very well in a fight with Gavin Tisdale. Yes, I think that, I think down the line, that's a great idea. 
um, at this point in our careers. I don't know necessarily where it fits in, um, but we'll see. Um, I think if, you know, I go out, sub him, he's going to want to fight me. Or, you know, he goes out and subs me, he's going to, I'm going to want to fight him, right? <laughs> yeah. If we have a competitive, we're going to end up probably wanting to fight each other. Um, as far as when, I have no idea. Um, regional, regional, when you wait on regional fights, they don't happen. So I'm just letting you know that. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Um, but I think if, uh, you know, we're both going to be around Pittsburgh. Um, we're both high level guys. I think uh, the fight down the line for, you know, a belt in a year makes a little bit more sense than an 0 and 1 and an 0 and 0. But that's just me spitballing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that, man. And obviously, Gavin's team with the shop and everything. I mean, this little rivalry between Stout and the shop, I like it. <laughs> Dude, I like it. I'm having fun with it. I like it. It's great. I mean, it's great for you guys, right? It's great. It's honestly great for everybody as much as it, like, is is dumb, right? It's regional fighting. Like, we have no reason to <laughs> each other, talk shit about each other as much as uh, Tanner talks shit about me and or whatever, right? We have no, no reason to do it, but um, I don't know what it is. I think we're, like, the complete opposite you know, in terms of every aspect of it, like all of us, and it just, we're never going to fucking get along. <laughs> but do you, uh, like, do you think, I don't know that it's, there's a hatred I two think, ways. I think it's like a playful, like. It, on my end, it's always been, it's always been playful. I think they, I think they don't really like me. Um, and I think it's, out of, I mean, in all honesty, it took a couple people for me to uh, to tell me this, for me to understand it. Is like they're just fucking jealous of me. Like to be completely honest with you, I've done everything they wanted to do, and it pisses them off. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm fighting constantly. I'm fighting every other month. Tanner claims he can't get a fight, but you know, doesn't try to fight for you know anywhere outside of Pittsburgh. Obviously, you guys want him to fight for you, but like if you want to fight, go find a fight. Um, he claims a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, but in reality, like I'm the one actually doing the shit, right? You can claim you want to be a fighter and not fucking fight anybody, but I'm fighting every other month. I'm five and oh, I'm number one at his weight class. I'm number one at my weight class. I'm in my opinion, number one pound for pound. Cause I don't see anybody else at in the amateurs, number one in two weight classes. So I think a lot of them, and then the publicity or hype I get, I think that pisses them off too because they have no personalities. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to speak. Um, and I get a little bit of hype. I know how to market myself. And they're like, what, this fucking kid that sucked at wrestling? Well, yeah, I wasn't a blue chip recruit, but I worked my ass off. And now I'm where you guys should be if you wouldn't have fucked off. So... <laughs> That I think that's a lot of it. I think they are genuinely jealous of me. I think that's where the whole thing comes from. So is that is that a is that a Cahill thing or is that a whole shop thing? Is that a I Gavin think, thing? I think uh, I think it's it's a whole shop thing. Taylor, they all move. 
mad weird. Like meaning they're, they'll talk shit about you. Right. And it's like, you know, it's a playful thing. And maybe it's just how I was raised. Like if I tell you something or if I say something, like I'm going to stay, stay to it. Right. Kale's or you actually, Hunter was right next to me one time. Kale walked up to me, shook my hand, said, what's up stud. And then like talk shit about me the next day. And I'm like, bro, what, what? And like, or he'll say something on a podcast and get it taken down or, Hey, I crossed the line here. The, the way I am, I wear my heart on my sleeve. If you, if, if I don't like you, you're going to know. And if I love you, you're going to know. And I, I wish ill will against really nobody. Like I don't really talk shit. I've, I've not initiated any of the, the shit talk. Right. Kale called me back, called me out back in December. And I kind of clapped back a little bit, right? So wait, 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 wait. Was that the first you versus Tanner kind of thing? Yes. Was, was but, December? But then, and then what, I, what, I what do you think sparked that? Where'd that come from? Uh, was there any my, previous history? My publicity or whatever, me winning. Um, and he was like, Oh, this like I, I want to fight that guy. Yeah, I could fight that guy. And I went out of my way to fight in Ohio so that I could get advanced rules to fight in April. I asked you guys to bring me a contract to have me sign after the Cage Thunder fight so that I could, um, you know, build hype behind the fight, right? I'm trying to market myself, trying to market, help market you guys, help build a fight. You guys come backstage after I win and Malcolm tries to fight my family. And <laughs> Wait, wait, I missed that. Was that? You don't remember him jumping out oh, of the cage? Oh, 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 oh when, he, when he ran up out of the cage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you guys come back and you guys are like, Cahill pulled out or Cahill's not going to be able to do it. He's injured, right? So I guess he didn't technically pull out because he didn't sign a contract. That's fine. Um, but it was on my end, it was happening. Um, and I was like, damn. All right. I get on a podcast with Payson the next day when in all honesty, I could have talked so much shit. I could have been like, oh, this has been calling me out for months. I, uh, I was ready to fight him, told them that I was just like, you know what? Uh, Cahill had an unfortunate thing happen. He's not going to be able to do it. Like it's part of the sport, whatever I said. Yeah, I, I did. I was, I did hear that. And I was like, wow, he like, yeah, really took yeah. the high road there. I'm a grown man. And I stand on like, like I'm good. Like I know how to fucking talk and I'm not an asshole. <laughs> right. I'm not going to. And now Cahill's about to hop on this podcast after and say whatever, whatever he wants. Um, or he can publicly apologize because he seems to think that what he said offended me to and broke my heart, which is literally something I brought up on a podcast with Hunter. And whenever I talked on, on with Hunter, it's like, I never claimed to be God's gift to wrestling. I was not the best wrestler in the world. Are you God's gift to 135 and 145 pound amateur Pennsylvania wrestler? I'm, God, I'm, God's gift to, I'm God's gift to the shop. I think they got a picture of me in there, to be honest. <laughs> There, there it was there it was i, I think nice. it's a, i think it's like a bronze like a bronze statue they have yeah i'm, I'm mayor of somerset county he doesn't he doesn't see the votes <laughs> wait what the mayor of somerset county yeah i tell nice. I, I call the shots there um you know honestly i like it's funny or it's it's all fun loving games like on on my end but I just, they move weird, dude. I just think like if you say something or if you dap me up and we're cool and then you talk shit about me the next day, which has happened multiple times, 
it's weird. Or if your brother is talking shit about me and your other brother's DMing me about some kind of marketing saying that's fucking weird. Right. You guys, like, I, I don't know where the correlation is there. They don't communicate with each other. It's weird. I, I personally, I wear my heart on my sleeve. That's how I am. I'm going to, you're going to know if I don't like you, Tanner, I don't like you, Gavin, I don't like you. Um, just to get that out there, Taylor, I don't, I don't know. You confuse me. You, it, <laughs> you confuse me. You, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to be blatantly honest because that's how but I, just, just to be clear before December, before the, the Tanner know, said I did not there know was what no history. Was. I did not know a damn thing about any of them. I knew who Gavin was, obviously, because Gavin's been around the scene um, in wrestling. But that's all. I, I didn't know who the Kales were. Yeah. Well, the good news is, I guess, on your end, not only getting to compete directly against Gavin October 20th, but your teammate now, Luke Martin, getting to face Tanner the very next day at Bippy 18. So there's a lot of Stout yeah. versus Shop That'll happening. That'll be fun. Yeah, a lot of stout versus shop stuff happening. Luke Martin's a savage. Um, Luke Martin's a Division II national champion. Um, killer. Uh, talk about somebody that actually couldn't get a fight. Luke Martin had a lot of trouble getting a fight. Um, so it works out because I know Tanner did have trouble getting a fight. Um, so that it works out for both of them. I think Tanner's going to be irrelevant in two weeks. Um, because he's going to be two and two with his wins combining for his opponents combined for like a, what, like one. And I've looked at it as like one and seven. I think his wins combined for one and seven. Right. So that, that seems that, right. That's solid. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be, if we're going to be honest, we're going to do math. I, they probably don't know how to do math, but um, that's, <laughs> that's very bad. Right. Um, I, I, a lot of people talk bad about my opponents. I am ranked number one at both weight classes because my quality of opponents has brought them up. So there's that. Well, there is that. I will defend their inability to do math because I grew up in the same area, same school district. And yeah, we, we can't do math. That's just how it goes. Valedictorian, my man. <laughs> I gave it a run. I did give it a run. Hunter's fake modesty hunter always brags to me about how his iq is like off the charts and it's nuts it's yeah unbelievable yeah I, Th that's what what people with low iqs have to be jealous <laughs> of few yep, degrees i think that's i think that's one thing but to wrap this up that also pisses him off is like i can make fun of myself and like they they can't they're terrible they're just not funny actually i think is the problem they're just like, like, but are they trying? They're not. They're not trying to be funny. I don't know, dude. I was that video that Tanner posted the other day. Was that a spoof video? Was he like actually hitting that? Was that was that for real? He was trying to look tough. Was there was there a gonna, video? We can ask him about it here in one minute. He's about to show up, so we're going to be ready to roll. Wait, well, is it is it four o'clock for him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, He's, in, is he in the waiting room yet? Not yet. No. Okay. It's, I'm going to fuck off. Then. Now he is. No. Oh, he's in the waiting room now? Yeah, yeah, now he is. The perfect segue. Should, should, should we have them at the same time for I a short period of time? I mean, we we can. Right. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> we're going to we're going to kick you out the moment 
Uh oh, it's uh, on. We did it. Oh, they so, you so did this on purpose, you son, yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Can I plan anything? Hey, what's up, bud? How you doing? What's up, man? Thanks for joining, Tanner. Ryan, in all honesty, can I plan anything? Is there any no, chance is, that I did he, this on purpose? He is, he is not. I mean, the <laughs> fact that you – he let you in on purpose, but I don't think he planned this at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Well, at least we got a similar taste. We figured the right place to shoot the video. That's true. <laughs> Sitting in the driver's seat. We, all right. We do got the snapback gang too, Ryan. You need a, you need a backwards snapback. I'm gonna Not I'm gonna that. go train. So All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, Lucas. Talking about me, buddy. Peace <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. Good so, kid. <laughs> did, so, did, so did you hear all the, his interview? I did not. No, I've actually been working. I just got okay. on. Okay. Well, to catch you up, he doesn't like you. He doesn't <laughs> like Gavin. He's he's on the fence about Taylor, and. He likes the stout versus shop rivalry. What am I missing, Ryan? There was um, you can't do math, Tanner. Either can did, I, so don't feel oh, bad geez. about that. Yeah. He, he did not. Yeah, that wasn't my you, best subject. <laughs> he, he didn't know who you were until you called him out in for the December card. That's bullshit. And yeah, that's uh, about it. He's an all right. He's an all right kid. I, I harass him a little too much. I feel bad now. Actually, I got a little bit too much of an emotional response last time so i've been trying to the back off on uh you know keep giving them bullshit i do like the stout versus shop thing I, it's starting to get some uh some traction which is good it means we're doing something right because i think those guys got it uh handled out there in pittsburgh they're looking like they're you know pretty tough so um that's cool to you know to be uh considered as like the rival you know yeah um so yeah, and i don't really have any problems with him honestly um I, I think he's an all right kid. I, I, you know, he got a good record. I, I don't think it would be as good of a record if he fought, you know, a little bit uh, higher competition. But you know, that's where I thought I might come in. If that doesn't happen, oh well. You know, he'll he'll run into some some guys that can fight, and we'll see. You know, we'll see where he's at. You know, uh, he's probably going to go pro soon, so uh, maybe I'll see him on the pro scene. I like the sounds of that for sure. Um, on your way to the pro scene, obviously, the main reason, genuinely, anybody listening, I did not intentionally put Lucas and Tanner back to back. As Ryan knows, I suck at planning. This just happened to be the one time slot that was left whenever Tanner said he would be on. And I was like, all right, you get to go right after Lucas. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> but uh, on your way to the pro scene, Tanner, you got a big fight coming up. October 21st at Brawl in the Berg 18. First off, dude, I'm just really excited to get you back in our cage because I know it's been a very long time coming. You're hard to match. It seems like something always happens or somebody doesn't take the fight or whatever it may be. This has been very prolonged, so I'm excited to have you back and against a, a tough D2 national champ stout fighter in Luke Martin. This is just a banger matchup, man. How's everything feeling leading up to it? Um, I feel good. Uh, this is probably like my longest camp that I've ever put together because of the world trials before this. So, um, you know, my biggest thing going into the world trials was getting really, really good shape so that I can grapple at the highest level. Cause grappling conditioning is a whole is honestly a little bit harder in my opinion than MMA conditioning. So I'm happy that I had that first and, you know, uh, I'm feeling really good. I'm, I'm feeling sharp. I'm giving little tidbits of, uh, you know, like what I've been working on. Uh, but you know, there's, a lot of my game that I've been, uh, you know, keeping under wraps. I'm excited to get out there and compete against, you know, high-level guy like uh, Lucas Martin. Um, 
you know, I, I think that my experience is going to be, you know, is going to uh, lead me to win this one. Uh, just, just being in there before understanding the adrenaline rush. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to be an awesome fight. Uh, I think that as long as I, I can outlast his, uh, his pace, I, I don't see any uh, method to victory for him. Um, and I see a, pl- a plethora of options for myself. So I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for me. And, you know, I'm happy that this kid gets a match as well, because I'm sure he's going to probably run into the same issues that I have uh, with the, the high-level background background in wrestling. So, Yeah, that's one thing that I want to give you a lot of credit for, man, is taking this fight, because people who, have, who follow the MMA scene in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in general, they know this, but the average viewer might not know this, but there's two different amateur divisions in Pennsylvania, novice and advanced. Tanner, with his record, actually qualifies for advanced, which means you don't wear shin guards. You get three-minute rounds. You can also ground and pound to the head, whereas novice rules, you do wear shin guards. You can't ground and pound to the head, two-minute rounds. And Luke Martin being a debut, even though he's a D2 national champ, he got denied for advanced rules. So Tanner actually had to go back to novice rules, even though he qualified for advance. And not a lot of guys do that. So I wanted to publicly and formally thank you for doing that, because obviously that kept the bout together. And I know that's a big risk and a, and a big step for you. So what, what made you want this fight so much, though, to say, because you said right away, I don't even care. If it's advanced, great. But if it's not, I still want it. What, like, what about this matchup did you like so much from the jump? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I'm I'm a you know I'm an ex wrestler myself. Um, I think that most people would acknowledge me as a wrestler before they would acknowledge me as a fighter, uh, just because of you know I've been doing this for like 20 years. I coach it, um, and so I when I seen someone who was a national champ that 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 would be a great weapon to have for me, uh, just to to prove the level of my wrestling. Um, you know, I've competed at the level, but I didn't have the success that he had. Uh, so I kind of want to, I want to steal that, you know, and that's, that's the one, no matter what, I would be taking that fight, even though the rule set doesn't necessarily favor me. Uh, it's not totally hurting me. I, I would have liked more time um, in the rounds that would have been, but to, uh, to not be able to ground and pound uh, from, from the like you know from a takedown scenario might actually not be horrible in this particular rule set given i'm going against a uh, you know accomplished wrestler if i were to get taken down in this rule set um i don't plan on getting taken down but if that were to happen i feel like i'd be the more competent fighter on the ground and there's no risk of getting hit in the face so um i don't really see that as a disadvantage for me i would have loved to you know i would have loved to do ground and pound and have three minute rounds because I think that that's more realistic for a fight. But this isn't. This will be no different for me. Tanner, does does the rule set and and knowing there are two minute rounds, does that um, enable you to worry a little less about stamina and reserving your you know your energy um, to be able to only you know only have to go six total minutes if it goes the distance as opposed to nine? Um, honestly, it really doesn't matter to me what, what the, uh, the limits are. Like when we do the grappling, it's five minute rounds, you know, one five minute round. And, and that, uh, without having any breaks is probably one of the hardest things to condition for. Um, so I I would think that my conditioning would be, it would be better if I could do the three, 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 it'd be better if I could do five, five, five after that. I think that my conditioning is going to be my uh, biggest weapon 
uh, actually in this fight. I mean, I, I train with Gavin Teasdale almost daily, and I've never experienced a more conditioned athlete in my life. Uh, the, the kid just never stops. So by being pushed by someone like that daily, um, it actually helps me uh, tailor me both with increasing um, our conditioning because if you can keep up with that guy, you can keep up with anyone. I'm convinced he might be the most conditioned athlete in the world. He's up there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because having Gavin in the room obviously is huge on so many levels. But I think it's interesting now looking at the shop and how far you guys have come from being debut amateurs, all of you guys, to now you've got two pros. Taylor and Gavin are both pro. Kraus is advanced. You're advanced. I know Hoot still works there here and there. Hoot's brother, I hear, is a savage coming up, about to make his okay. debut probably soon. So you guys now have gone from this gym of like – very debuting kind of new amateurs to two pros to advance like you you've definitely got some experience in that room now so how much has the dynamic changed just at the shop for you guys training wise um a lot a lot's changed you know we um we had a little bit of a slight like falling out with indio uh all, we're all good there everyone's on like you know good terms but uh we don't train there anymore so we have to compensate for that because the the grappling and the mma knowledge at that place is just unbelievable so uh to compensate with that we we basically we grapple we grapple in our gym hard uh we do a lot of like touch sparring and then we uh team up with castle boxing and brock work on our hands we're, we're all kind of more so boxers than we are more thai fighters so i think that uh it makes more sense to do western boxing and um you know they're, they're awesome down there in johnstown so i think like that's a really nice uh co-op that we got going so that's pretty much what we've been doing is just you know basically we get in there and we uh we fight we train with ourselves we don't have to worry about like teaching so much like a class like it's more of just a just a bunch of killers and we and guys are constantly coming in you know i think there's going to be a few more fighters that uh, you guys are used to seeing at other gyms that are going to be uh representing the shop real soon which is uh, exciting news. I'm not going to release any of that yet, but um, you know we're we're on the rise, and there's never been anything out here for fighting, and now there is. Well, this if you do want to announce it, this would be a good platform to do that. Uh, they just I, I haven't uh, I haven't got the um, official confirmation. You know, it's, uh, it, it it's uh, it's it's happening. It's just one of those things where like we want to show respect to the people and whoever they sure. trained with before that what it's going to be in due time after they've spoken and stuff like that, you know, sure. but uh, it, it's exciting that we're going to have new active fighters out of the shop. Uh, we're moving to our new location here, hopefully here soon in the next couple of months. So we'll be able to actually have um, better facilities, more people, you know? Um, so tell, tell us more up. about that. You're, you're, you're moving. What, what, what's, What's going to be the big difference between the two locations? Well, first of all, we're moving closer to Pittsburgh. It's going to be uh, about 20 minutes closer. So for our guys that are potentially commuting from Pittsburgh, uh, it's going to be a little bit nicer of a ride and bigger location. It's that uh, my parents uh, purchased a farm last year, the end of last year. And uh, there's a massive uh, building on the property that we've been slowly renovating and turning it into um the end of the shop, uh, the, the wrestling club, the MMA gym. And also it's gonna, it's so big that we're actually able to house, uh, my dad's construction business, which I work for. So it's, it's kind of like one big unit and it's, it's a pretty cool thing. 
Well, that's huge. I didn't know any of that. So that's awesome, man. Congrats to you guys. I'm sure that's going to, like like you said, that's going to change a lot for you guys for the better. That's that's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a, thank you. I appreciate it, man. A lot of hard work. Yeah, dude. One thing I always, I, I think this is probably why I liked you guys so much from the jump, but it, like growing up in that central PA area, like where we grew up is a little different. So I just, I love seeing you guys kill it, stick to your roots, keep growing, keep grinding. Like you do embody a lot of those same values and things that I grew up with. So it's very clear in how you guys fight and handle yourselves for He's sure. Farm boy bonding. Here. That's true. That, that's what that was. There's, Did you there's hear the a lot cast? of there's a lot of strong people out here, man. And I think that that's why we're having so much success. There's so many guys that, you know, we've been trying to convince to get in uh, into our gym and into fighting that, uh, you know, with the, the high wrestling backgrounds, the guys around us and the fact that there's just so many tough people that like mountain people around here, it <laughs> seems like everyone that tries it out is just is already starting pretty tough. And uh, now that there's actually like a place where you can train and it's not just like two crazy guys fighting in their backyard it's actually like a real facility with real like coaches. So now that it's, it's getting um, built around here, I, I think you guys are going to see a lot more uh, fighters. I think there's probably going to be three or four that we are trying to get into the December card and that faces that you might not have seen in the cage. So it's, it's kind of exciting. Nice, man. That's huge. Is Clayton's brother one of them? I mean, I just got to throw it out yes, there. Yes, Austin. I mean, Austin, nice. he's, a, he's a brute. He wrestled at Berlin with the boys. Uh, All-State twice, just misplaced, and real tough wrestler. Wrestled at UPJ. Uh, I, I believe he started two years there. He's a brute, man. Absolutely super powerful guy. And uh, he actually was just down with me and Clayton down at uh, Castle Boxing the other day, getting some work on with Brock. So, um yeah, man, the, the future's looking bright. Guys like that in the room, they, you know, he's been a great training partner for me for this camp specifically because he's an inexperienced MMA fighter, but an accomplished wrestler. So, you know, that, that actually has been great for this camp for me because there's been a lot of guys that fit that mold of a, of a, a good wrestler who uh, have little experience with their hands and how to do jujitsu and stuff. So it gives you a more, more realistic feel, um, what I'm expecting to get from this Lucas Martin kid. Um, and this is not a dig. I'm not trying to say that the kid isn't talented. I think he's talented. I just don't know if he's going to know enough about uh, MMA to actually, you know, prepare for me for this one. Yeah. It is, it, it is interesting on that level of experience for sure. I think we'll get to see very quickly exactly what level Luke's at. And obviously we know what level you're at. And we're excited to see definitely the things that you've – been looking forward to showing off man like you said all the all these the training partners around you getting better the shop growing all the things you guys got going on i'm personally expecting the best tanner cahill we've seen yet so that's what we got to look forward to yeah and that's exactly what you guys are going to see and um yeah i appreciate you guys having me on this is awesome man uh, i think you guys are doing great things at 247 just uh keep doing what you're doing and um keep involving us man and you know it's the sky's the limit of course. Thanks, brother. Thanks for jumping in. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll be talking very shortly. Thanks, right, Tanner. I'll see you later, guys. See you around. Later, dude. Peace. All right. That was Tanner Cahill, ladies and gentlemen. Lucas Siebert before that. We are just... We're, we're so used to, like, hour-and-a-half-long interviews that, like, having someone on for 15 minutes feels like a 
boom, done. It flies by. I don't love the kind of like, I mean, anybody who's watched our podcast for any length of time knows this. I, I'm not like a question and answer kind of guy. I'm, like, I'm a talk to you and have a conversation kind of guy. But when you have you. You talk at me. <laughs> that's true. I just talk right at you. But when you get 15 minutes, you kind of got to go to Q&A. Like, obviously, yeah. there's cer certain things you guys want to know about these fights, which I totally get. And, so and we, by the way, when you do want to know something, throw those questions out there. Um, Jared Billy asked a question that said, random, probably a dumb question, did Indio Dojo change their name to the shop? No. So just to kind of real quickly. Uh, we do have Cody Gamble waiting. He might right, choke so you. I'll, I'll finish this real quick. Indio Dojo <laughs> is here in Pittsburgh area. The shop is uh, uh, out in Somerset County. A lot of those guys came in and were training at Indio to help out their get overall game. And there's been some shifts with that. So those were always two separate entities. I'm Boom. sorry, Cody. The incredible Cody Gamble joins the show. What's up, brother? How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, Dude, man. Love the shirt, brother. My man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's not, uh, not WVU. What's that? I, I was I was taunting Hunter saying that's not WVU. Oh no, no. I mean, I'm not a Penn State fan, but who can deny who can deny the greatness of Penn State wrestling? I mean, you can't say a bad word about yeah, that program. You didn't you didn't need wrestling in that I sense. know my dad my dad hates it because he's a Ohio State fan, but like so I'm a Ohio State fan of football, but like for wrestling, I gotta go with Penn State. You gotta I mean got to be a fan of Penn State wrestling, you know. You can just yeah. make the whole transition, brother. You don't have to. You don't have to stick yeah. by the Buckeye State. You can. You can transition right. over. It's good. Were you a fan of Penn State wrestling before? Because obviously, you got to meet and work with well, Bo, Bo Nickel and Nolf and those guys. Did you like that? Yeah, just like just so like when I like moved up to the factory, like I moved like completely moved up here in like February of this year. But just, like, moving up here and getting to train with, like, Bo Nickel and, like, Anthony Kassar and them guys, like, more often now, like, you got to respect it, you know? And it's, like, really – it's a different culture, and, I mean, I, I just love it, you know? That's sick, man. So, for people watching right now, this is Cody Gamble. As he just said, he trains out of the Matt Factory. He has a bout coming up uh, Friday, October 20th at Sprawling the Berg 2. One of the coolest matchups that we've personally been a part of. So, we have Nicky Rod, Nick Rodriguez, with top 15 ranked pound for pound grappler on planet Earth coming to Pittsburgh. And he's taken on three locals as here. I'll throw uh, my boy Carbajal's comment back up. Earlier, he said Nicky Rod versus three top locals is awesome booking. So, Cody Gamble is one of those three involved in that match. So, first off, Cody, just what was your reaction whenever Isaac presented this to you? Because it sounds like you didn't even hesitate to say yes. No, I didn't hesitate to say yes. I'm like super stoked for the opportunity because like, I mean, obviously everybody knows who Nicky Rod is, right? And like, I think like, especially Zach too, but like, especially for, I train with Lowry every day. And like, I think that me and Lowry are honestly right up there, you know, with one of the, some of the best grapplers in the world. And especially in a cage, like it's different grappling in the cage, like, you know, just like using the wall and knowing how to use the wall. It's different. So I think this when you face Nicky Rod, that's going to be the most combined muscle mass that's ever been inside the 247 cage. Like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. We might have to reinforce the cage a little bit for sure. And this is the old cage too. This is not the new cage, so be careful. Yeah, 
But obviously, man, a matchup like that, eight minutes against Nicky Rod, I mean, just being real, like that could be a terrible situation for you. Like if you get tired or he just starts getting the best of you and a submission just resets the match, like you're not getting out of there by tapping out. Like right. what? what's so exciting about it for you on that level of like feeling that you want that full eight minutes with him? I think I can go with him, especially, I mean, especially in the cage. Like I've, you know, I've obviously like I've studied his film before because he's one of the top guys in the world. And I mean, I definitely think I can wrestle with him, you know, I mean, there's some things I've been working on, you know, to get me ready for this about too. I'm focused on the ADCC trials the week before that too. So next weekend, but I mean, I just feel like I can go with the man, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll see the 20th. So mm-hmm. Cody, I don't know if you were watching or were able to watch the beginning, but I, I kind of use the analogy of like everyone's thought like, man, I, I think one-on-one I could take Jordan or I could, I could, I could get past LeBron and get a layup. Like I could do that. Like, do you think of this as like, Hey man, I get to test myself. Like how cool is this right. scenario for you? I, I feel like I get to like, especially as some of the first match, you know, like I want the first match, you know, we'll see. That's and like that's another pro. point of, we don't know, like where did wh- who told you you were first because we <laughs> well, don't know where I, that well, came from. Isaac said something about me being first, and then Zach being second, and then Jake being last. That's what that's the order I got from Isaac. I was like, sweet, that's what I wanted. I wanted them first. So you might but be. I'm not saying I'm you're hoping, not. Yeah, I'm hoping that I do. I mean, you guys give me the opportunity because the way I look at it is, you know, you know, if, when I do get the best of them, you know. No uh, excuses. You, know, you, can't, you can't say, "Well, I was third match in." So mm-hmm. that's I love that format just for that reason because getting I, I think I said it earlier, even on this podcast, it doesn't matter. Like we know how good Nikki Rod is. Once you've spent 16 minutes with any any of you two, and it mix any two out of you three, 16 minutes with them, that last guy coming in fresh is 100% going to be a problem. Like that's going to be. Oh. Yeah, that's no, different. A hundred percent. That's what you know. That's a lot. That's a lot of time in the cage. You know, grappling, back to back. But I mean, uh, I, I mean, I feel ready, man. I mean, like I've wrestled guys like way high level. You know, more high level than him. You know, I mean, I've wrestled with Bo, wrestled with Anthony, and like either you know what I'm saying, like and Jake too. Like I mean. Those are like all really high level wrestlers, and like he's a high level wrestler too. But it's not like he's never won a three national titles at Penn State. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. But so, like he, but he is one of the best in the world, and I'm just I'm excited to finally like prove that I can hang and go with somebody that's you know the best in the world. So. Absolutely. So you said earlier that you studied his game a little bit like what yeah. what what about his grappling game stands out to you because obviously like you said he might not be a bow nickel level wrestler but what he's done in a pure submission grappling format is pretty impressive i Remarkable. think that it's uh smart uh I, you know craig jones has been working with him a lot i think on leg locks so i think he uh has been doing a lot of leg locks and stuff like that because i watched him versus that uh owen I don't know his last name. He's like more of a judo player, but he was ha- and, and that Owen guy was only like two hundred pounds, and he was like struggling to take that judo player down. So like I've been, I studied that film a lot, and like you know he pulled guard and stuff like that, and I was seeing like how he was like explosive and like 
trying to go through like leg locks and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, I sharpened my defense up with my leg locks and, you know, have some counters for that. So I'll be ready for that too. So That's killer, man. I just saw, I got to talk about your post either earlier today or yesterday, maybe talking about strapping the uh, MMA gloves back on. So I, I got to know yeah. what that plan's all about. I was supposed to fight. Isaac found me a fight. Like it was at the middle of September or whatever. Didn't get the fight. The guy, like the same day weigh-ins, we weighed in, and then we were back. We were supposed to be back at the venue at five o'clock. He was at the venue with his coach, staring him down, like staring me down. I was like, "All right, this dude's game." So, you know, I'm got to get my hands wrapped, and the commissioner comes over to me. He says, "Hey, the fight's off." And I'm like, "What the hell? Like, was something wrong with like his medicals or whatever?" He's like, "No, his coach can't find him." I was like, "That's mm. crazy." So it's like he left his coach high and dry and everything. It's just. One of them, like, amateur deals, you know. So, That's crazy. But I'm hoping to get a fight definitely before the end of the year. I'd like to find a fight in November, like, right after I get done. Because I have ADCCs this month, and then I'm competing for you guys. I'd like to fight a fight in November, but definitely by December I'd like to find a fight, you know. By the end of the year, I want one MMA fight, so. Well, I definitely know somebody having a card on December 16th, yeah, so I'm just saying. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I have to put my name in there. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and obviously, depending on how this Nicky Rod matchup goes, if you go out and do something incredible, we might not be able to find you a match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, and it's cool. Like I love how the grappling is in the cage because there's no out of balance. Like, there's no reset, you know? Mm -hmm. There's no, like, you know, so it's nice. For the way all you Matt Factory guys grind just daily, man, I do feel like that favors your style of grappling for sure. Just that constant pressure, forward pressure. I mean, I do. I'm I'm super intrigued, man. I know, obviously, Nicky Rod's insanely confident, and he's tested himself against the best in the world. But, man, I'm telling you, like, I, I got a feeling about this matchup that it's going to go down a little differently, and it's going to be pretty special for Pittsburgh when it, when yeah. it does. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. I think it's going to be, yeah, especially it's going to, even not just for the mat factor, you know, like for Stouts, High Ground, like uh, Lou and Mary's, like I'm about to go train there tonight at Lou's, you know, have an open mat there. Like just like the Pittsburgh culture in general, like, you know, like, wow, like these guys can hang with the, you know, like top-ranked guy in the world, you know. That says something a lot about our jiu-jitsu culture in Pittsburgh, so. No doubt, man, and that's something that's, you know, really – it's an honor for us to be able to do a sprawl, getting a guy like Dante Leone and PJ Barch, getting those guys Absolutely. in last time. And now Nikki Rod this time and, you know, having them stick around and, and do seminars and share their knowledge and then also compete, man, that's, it's big for the scene for sure. And guys like you and everybody at the Matt factory help make up that scene and make it great. So we appreciate you guys stepping up to, to the challenge because a lot of people do not want to face Nikki Rod in a, right. in a grappling format. Yeah. I'm excited, man, because like, I mean, everybody, what do they say? Like, you know, everybody was once a contender. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, when you get an opportunity to shine, like on a, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, right. I mean, you guys are coming to like, you know, like you guys are going to Cincinnati and stuff like that. Like, you know, I could see you guys on UFC Fight Pass and stuff like that someday too. Like you guys are like, you know, you guys are shining too. Like you guys are going to get your shot too, you know, like on like big, bigger, like, you know, stages like UFC Fight Pass, stuff like that. Cause you guys are doing a great job you know it's just like me i've been grinding for years and this is my opportunity like to show 
you know, the jujitsu community in the world that, you know, I can't compete with the best. So did that feel like did uh, did the offer to face Nikki Rod did did that kind of hit you like man this is this is why I've been pushing myself so hard for so many years because you know technically speaking I think you're you're a blue belt right but obviously yeah. that is, that is what it is and no gi right. rankings are kind of janky but, but regardless been, yeah. yeah you got a guy like Isaac like he wouldn't have even offered it to you if he didn't think you were ready so did that right. kind of validate things whenever it got brought up yeah I mean that I mean. I mean, in competitions, I've been submitting, like, good black belts, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, belts do matter, like, you know, but, like, when it comes to competition, you know, it, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know. I mean, I can't attest to that because I've, you know, submitted some good black belts. So. Yeah, dude, you've been on a good tear. You obviously performed really well at Sprawl in the Berg. I saw you just won big at Stout Fights as well. Now you've got ADCCs coming up, Sprawl in yeah. the Berg. Staying super active, man. What's then the end goal for hopefully you? Hopefully an MMA fight. So hopefully an MMA fight. I would love to see that. What's the end goal for Cody Gamble as a competitor? Do you want to? Are you looking I at just, the UFC? What, what? Like, where's your goal? Yeah, I mean, I have big goals. I have big goals in MMA and grappling now. You know, I mean, like obviously, that'd be like the biggest goal ever is to become a world champ in both. But like, I, I just want to be a world champ, man. I mean, like, I put in 12, 14 sessions a week. That's what, like this opportunity came like for Nikki Rod. Like, this is what I've been working for. This is why I grind every day, put two days in, go to work, you know, train twice at night, like sacrifice sleep and everything, just for opportunities like this. You know, this, you know, let myself shine. You know huge man well we're super excited for you to be a part of it dude and we appreciate you jumping on this podcast real fast to talk about it. i know i don't know if you saw the comment jared said i'm really digging this guy's confidence so you've got the fans stirred up already too we're all excited to see you take on nicky rod man october 20th at sprawl in the berg too we'll see you then brother uh Thank good luck good you guys yeah man just real quick before we go good luck at adcc's obviously too that's a huge opportunity it, in and of itself Thank yeah you. yeah uh, thanks for having me on, you guys. I appreciate it. For sure, brother. No problem. Thanks yeah, for coming, take man. Take yeah. care, man. Who's next on the docket? Next up, Tommy Costa to the stage. Nice. There he is. Look at him. Look at Yo. this guy. What's up, dude? Yeah, dude. Loud and clear. Are we in the same building? <laughs> yeah. Same. We have the same painter anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. We all look like we're in some kind of hostel or something well, here. Actually, we are. Hunter and I are in the same building, but yeah. Tommy's a little further away. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. So, what's up, man? How's everything going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys having having me on. I'm yeah. About the team and for sure, dude. Just uh, there are a few exciting things going on right now, huh? Yeah. I love it. I love everything about it. So for you guys, I kind of I kind of prompted this earlier in the podcast, but you have a lot of competitors coming up here at the end of October for us between Sprawlenberg 2 and Bitby 18. But more than that, you'll be hosting the Nicky Rod seminar when Nicky Rod comes to town. So how did that like come together? How do you put that together? Because that was kind of new for me, helping out, obviously, connect you two. But after that, I don't really do seminars it's we're not in the seminar business by any means so what was that like putting it together and what kind of you know opportunity is this for you in the gym oh yeah i mean it's pretty cool i think like at some 
we're involved some way in every night of the sprawl in the berg, even the seminar. So it's cool to be a part of it. Um, but you know, it's funny whenever you talk to somebody who has like, I don't know, 250,000 followers or something on Instagram or half a million followers, they're just regular people, you know, called me up, talked about the seminar, kind of just chatted about like our gym and what we were like. And, uh, he was going to be around his family's from New Jersey. So it was like an easy trip for him to just come up a day early. And, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for our guys to get in front of them, but also, you know, like anybody in the surrounding area, uh, we've already started getting like Instagram and Facebook messages about it, uh, from people I don't even know. Uh, nice. Cause I saw he already posted a video too. So yeah. Uh, he, he was he's really uh, ambitious. He wants to get a hundred people in there. So we'll see. It's a Wednesday in Pittsburgh, but I think it's I think it's priced right, and uh, everybody's pretty hyped for the weekend. So it's a it's a cool opportunity to meet and greet with the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was telling me that what he normally does for his seminars, he'll teach for about forty five minutes to an hour. He'll leave another forty five minutes to an hour for Q and A. You can ask him about anything. Uh, and he'll, you know, show moves basically. And then he tries to roll with everybody. So he wants to go live. So, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be hard for him to go to the hundred people, but yeah. he wants to roll. So, so uh, that's what he said we had in store for us. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, right, now, right now we have the QR code on the screen, but let's just say someone doesn't know how to use a QR code or how, how else could people, um, connect with you to get involved to be able to get um yeah get um, so you could probably just i mean obviously cash is king you could bring cash the day of if you plan on coming probably sh- shoot me uh, or the gym a message just so we can try to keep a head count as to what we got as we're coming up to it but um you could also just go to our facebook or our instagram page 247's instagram page Nikki Rod's Instagram page. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he, we, we have the link up on all of them. So, uh, you know, any of us three, there'll be the link there and just find it. I think it's a, he put a reel up. So if you just find his reel on his page, then you'll be good. Yeah. Like you said, 325,000 followers on Instagram, something like that. It's kind of ridiculous conversing with somebody at that level, but just seeing the reach, like I saw as soon as he posted that seminar video, the reel you're talking about, like I saw it kind of blowing up a little bit already. So kind of like everything he touches just gets people excited. And I saw whenever we announced his match at Sprawlenberg 2, I saw a lot of people instantly saying, is he doing a seminar? Is he doing a meet and greet? Like, okay, you got him competing, but how else can I actually meet him? Like people are excited when you get a grappler at that level, just to be around them, just to meet them, like not even watch them compete, but just the chance to get a picture with Nicky Rod is like really cool to people. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see, you know, a lot of times Instagram likes follows don't necessarily mean you're actually popular, but for him, it was pretty obvious that people genuinely got really excited about him. Yeah. He is like the, the body lock pass guy. So if you're a wrestler, if you like top position, that's it's the guy to learn it from. He'll probably give you the best details on that. You know, you go see like uh, his boy, Craig Jones, you go, you would probably go to a Craig Jones seminar to learn like leg locks or something, you know, or somebody else you'd expect to learn their best takedown, you know, if they're, if they're famous for that, but he is like body lock pass. And I mean, that's a big move in our gym. So a lot of the guys are actually pretty hyped because 
some of them like cut their teeth on that move. And uh, so I'm excited to get, see how like our, our version of it stacks up against his. And then obviously we're going to learn a lot. So I'm excited to see uh, what we're going to add into it. Cause he already said he's teaching body lock. So oh, that's what we talked about. I told him, I was like, can you please <laughs> lock? So that's so sick. I, I was going to make a joke. You kind of already ruined it, but I was going to say when you said it, when you said it's good for wrestlers, I was like, "Oh, it's a shame there's no wrestlers here in Western PA to learn yeah. it." <laughs> yeah, you should be there. If you can be there, try to be there. So, yeah, man, we're obviously super stoked about that. But stoked in general, man, to work with you. You and your team are always amazing to have in. And I know Dan's got a big fight yeah. at Brawl in the Berg 18, and I'm ridiculously excited for that one, man. I'll be honest. It, if you guys have listened to the podcast, I'm not shy about it. I really like Dan Walter's style of fighting. I think he's insanely talented. He's two and one, but his loss was a fight of the year contender that went to the distance against Hoot Lee, yeah. another just stud amateur. And honestly, if you rewatch that fight, it's closer than I think I thought it was live, honestly. Yeah. Like when I rewatched it, it's a very close fight. When we and got into the cage, I remember I was like, super emotional it was a crazy fight and i remember telling dan i was like you won bro you won i'm like get your hands up you won because i knew it was super close yeah and it re really was so but yeah but yeah he's got a obviously a tough test ahead of him uh for october 21st like how's prep going for dan and how does it feel for you personally getting a guy ready for an mma fight versus just grappling yeah well um our guys like all live the fighter life, dude. They they get their road work in, they eat right, we coordinate. Like if they wanna cross train at another gym or if they wanna do strength and conditioning, we coordinate with the schedule so that we know like when hard days are happening, when rest days are happening. Um, the guys go down and train with Nick Brown on Friday. Like today I know it's Friday. I know they're probably on their way down there right now. Um, to train with Nick and they train, you know, on Friday evening. So, uh, and that's like a big thing too, is Nick's, well, I've known Nick probably for 10 years. Uh, I gave him all of his jujitsu belts all the way up through black belt when Isaac and I promoted him to black belt. Um, and so he helps us out a lot with the guys who are really interested in fighting. We like make it mandatory. You got to go down to Nick's gym at least once a week down to all American. So, him and uh, Ethan Hayes down there and uh, Justin Patton trains down there too. And I, I want to shout out to those guys because they, they help our guys immensely. Like I chat with them every once in a while and those guys come back to the gym and they always say like, Ethan helped me out with this. Justin was helping me out with this. They were letting me work with this. They showed me this and there, and I appreciate that a lot. So I do want to shout those guys out that they're, uh, it doesn't go unappreciated what they're giving back. So. Yeah, man, that that's huge. And if anybody knows Justin, Ethan, Nick Brown, they're not going to be surprised that they're very generous with their time and knowledge. Those are three of the best guys in the area that you could possibly learn from and three of the best competitors in the area. So that that's great, man. I didn't realize you guys did so much cross-training yeah. there, to be honest. But yeah, and to answer the second part of your question about training MMA fighters, I actually like... Jiu-Jitsu has been sort of my thing, but... I actually got into this originally in 2005 with the MMA perspective. I came up as like a, you know, Taekwondo kid. My dad boxed. Um, he was actually a Golden Gloves champ when he was like 19 or 20 years old. Shout out to my dad, Tom. Nice. Um, but I came up from like an MMA perspective. I was a huge fan, like from the early UFC days, going to my 
my actually my sensei's be, was my his kid was my best friend. So we like I go to my teacher's basement in like fifth or sixth grade, and we'd watch. He had a black box cable, and we'd watch UFC one and two. And uh, so I just got into it from an MMA perspective back in the day. Fast forward to like college years while well, I'm going to Temple University in Philly. And that's what we were doing. It was like full on MMA training every day, Muay Thai two days a week, uh, Jiu Jitsu and like MMA training the other two days. So uh, I never fought like a sanctioned fight. I, I graduated college in 2009. I did three smokers. Um, but by the time I moved back here and it was like 2012 when I moved back here and started just teaching Jiu Jitsu, had a job. I kind of like gave up on the idea of fighting. And by then, MMA was finally legal in Pennsylvania. So I never fought a sanctioned fight, but I've always kind of had that like initial roots in MMA. And I like, I feel like my career as a coach has been reinvigorated by revamping our fight team. And I'm like really excited now about just coaching MMA and getting better with the guys. I'm getting better myself at like, kickboxing and boxing and wrestling and that's kind of fun for me is like seeing if i know i'm getting better just training with the guys they're definitely getting better yeah no doubt man that that is super exciting and it's cool for us too to kind of see your team growing it seems like every time we check in for an event to see who you got you got a couple new faces on the list so that's always cool too yeah yeah we have uh we made the move from delmont out to greensburg and being out in Greensburg's like a little bit of a bigger area and uh we've been getting a lot of a lot of good guys in wrestlers guys that are interested in fighting so our our fight team's kind of grown from like three or four people now we have probably seven or eight guys in the pipe mm-hmm. that I'm um, they're not all ready yet but we're getting them there so that's got to be an exciting process, man, for sure, especially you as a coach. Like, how big of a payoff is that whenever you do all this work, you do all this prep, and then just take Dan, for instance, he goes in there, gets a first-round knockout. Like, how satisfying is that for you and the whole team? Oh, it's it's super satisfying, man. My boy Dan, he, he hits hard, dude. Like, I can tell you in the gym, like, we joke, like, I'm donating brain cells today because I know I'm going to be going with Dan for like five or six. He's has fast hands. And even like when he's not trying to, he can hit you pretty hard. He can catch you. And uh, I'm really excited. I mean, like that's that's the thing is like whenever that ha- happens, he gets the knockout in the first round. I'm just like that all the brain cells that we donated were for uh, <laughs> for a good cause, you know. Uh- that that comments on point junior Luis, super fun to get hit by dan <laughs> for, for those of you who are watching and are like who's dan dan walters has is a two and one amateur fighter um he has two uh first round knockouts as well as a uh decision loss um and his two first round knockouts are uh you know you have a first round knockout it's pretty exciting so he's yeah. a super exciting fighter um and a, and a guy who's really uh who's really impressed us we've we've had a lot of behind the scenes discussions about about dan so yeah and, and he can do it all like he he came to us originally just a grappler he wrestled in high school he was like i think he was the quarterback of his football team wrestled in high school um and came to us grappled probably for a year and a half and just like was whacking pads in the muay thai class and then Oh man, I can't remember who it was. 
there's this dude Igor that trained at our gym. He actually fought back in the day. Uh, it's like early Pittsburgh Fight Club days, and um, Igor started getting in his ear about fighting. And the next thing you know, we were hitting you guys up, and uh, that kind of is what kicked off the fight team. Is we were like training to the point where we we're like, man, all this energy and all these all these workouts we're doing has to amount to more than just us having a, like a good training session in the gym and it boiled over basically into like one of us has to fight you know yeah yeah you dan dan's the best he's gonna <laughs> fight. so he's really well-rounded he can do it all he's been getting knockouts but if it goes deep water he's there he's ready well we owe igor thank you then for getting in dan's ear man that's awesome yeah. i'm actually super surprised to hear you say that dan was a uh grappler initially because when you watch him fight his hands he looks so natural on the feet i just assume that's where he started to be honest yeah we've been trying to just keep him patient keep him moving and uh you know the, the strikes they all add up so so i'm not sure who jared billy's thinking of he said dan knocked out a dude this past april right heavyweight he did knock out a dude this past april but he is a welterweight um he fought monte barnes actually in that fight in his most recent fight so that was that one but yeah, man, we're uh, crazy excited for Dan. Tommy, obviously super excited to work with you and the team again and excited for what you guys got going on with the Nikki Rod seminar. I'm sure you guys are going to crush it. Yeah. Have a great turnout there. I'm going to try to pop in as well just to check it out and everything. There's some. There's no need for me to learn anything there. Not going to do me any good, but I at least want to see it and, and check out the whole spread and everything. So that's going to be awesome, man. Thanks for being a part Thanks, of it, bro. Guys. For sure, man. Take care. Yeah. We got. Thank you. We got somebody waiting that I don't want to keep waiting. You know, he's just, he's the kind of guy that you just don't keep Dalton Rasta waiting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, no. I can't hear him at all. Can you hear him, Ryan? I cannot hear him. Let me try this. There, oh, that, that's better. That's much better. So what's up, dude? Where are you headed? Come on, guys. Good, man. Good, man. Having a good time. Where are you headed right now? Uh, heading back to the Cranberry area right now. I was in Newcastle uh, picking up some pizza from um, a guy named Raymond Krantz. He likes cooks pizzas. Like he does it like pre-orders, and uh, like does X amount of pizzas every like two weeks or so. And they're like Detroit style pizzas. They're pretty good. So I had to go there to pick that up. Try to get. So it wait, the, are those like take and bake pizzas, or is it already cooked? No, it's already cooked. So let's see if I can. Oh, it's like wow. That, so that sounds like he doesn't have like his own restaurant. Like it's like a pop-up spot. It Not looks like Jets. House. It looks like what? It looks like Jets Pizza. Have you ever had Jets Pizza? Uh, I've never had it, but I've heard of it. It's Detroit style. There's a couple yeah, here it's, in Florida. It, it's good. Yeah, I, I heard I heard mixed, you know, um, you got, feelings about it. You gotta so. order it right. Yeah, I'll give I'll give it I'll give it a try though. It is pretty good. I like the this pizza sounds like it was a drug deal, man. You just pop up like this guy doesn't actually have a restaurant. You just slide him a yeah, twenty. You pop up at his house, you know. You either Venmo him or you pop up with some cash, you know, a little handshake, and <laughs> off with the pizza. You know what I mean? What's the What's the ultimate Dalton Rasta pizza? Like, what toppings are on your your perfect pizza? Oh, I'm I'm I mean I love like crazy outside the box pizzas but my absolute favorite would just be sauce red sauce mozzarella cheese um pepperoni and hot honey that's awesome that's a great combo can't knock that at all 
No, it's it's the best, man. But uh, I, I go, I try everything, man. I do the Hawaiian pizzas. I do, I've had peach with uh, fig on it and bacon and goat cheese and um, I've tried pierogi pizzas. I've I've tried the whole nine yards. You know, there's not. I don't think there's one that I haven't tried. How's the <laughs> How's the Florida pizza scene? It's not very good. There's there's yeah, a couple so good places that I found that are Detroit style that are good, but. Uh, like the New York style places down there aren't very good. And they, they had a deep dish place. It's a chain Rosati's, but they actually closed it down. And that was the only Chicago deep dish that they had down there. So, um, I like trying a little bit of everything. You know, I like Sicilian. I like Chicago deep dish. I like the Detroit style, New York style. I like it all. Um, but down there, I'm definitely more a fan of the Detroit, Detroit style because, they don't really have any good New York style down there or Sicilian. That's a shame, dude. We can't talk about pizza and me not ask you about pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Hell yeah. I just told you I eat Hawaiian pizzas. <laughs> I, I missed you say Hawaiian. I missed I miss that he listen. said Hawaiian. I was too distracted by hot honey, dude, because I want that. I really want a hot honey pepperoni pizza now. See, Timbo, Timbo sliced us too. I need some of that. Timbo sliced us. So yeah, Timbo is also competing. About the pizza? Oh, you might be talking about Dalton. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I mean, Dalton no, he's, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, so anybody, <laughs> anybody tuning in, obviously, this is Dalton Rasta. He's a top-five-ranked middleweight in Bellator, one of the best fighters to ever come out of the Pittsburgh area. He's coming back for Sprondenberg 2 to face Stout's Tanner Hall in what is certain to be one of the absolute matchups of the night, like best matchups of the night. I mean, Dalton, first off, thanks for taking it, dude. We've wanted you to compete for us for a long time, for sure. But to get this opportunity now, man, just thanks for taking it. And what made you want to do it, first of all? I mean, I appreciate the opportunity as well. So that goes both ways. It's mutual. But I, I just want to compete. You know, I want to stay active and I've, I've been wanting to do jiu-jitsu matches or boxing matches in between my Bellator fights for so long but it's always like a tricky situation with Bellator sometimes they're doing two fights a, a month sometimes they're doing one sometimes they won't have a, 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 a month where they have a fight and then they'll tell me like they plan on having me fight in April and then again in August and then you know they tell me I'll have three fights in a year and if I'm doing that you know I can't really get the grappling in but it's really what held me back is like broken promises from grappling so it's like they, they told me they were going to have me fight and then they didn't last year they they stood by their word they gave me three fights but i pretty much had to beg and plead for it and i'm not here to you know throw anybody on the butt under the bus or uh bad mouth anybody because bellator has treated me well but it's, it's very hard to get three fights a year in their promotion whenever they're putting on like very few shows and when they are putting on a lot of shows sometimes that they they, they have like you know, 10 to 12 bouts on it. They don't even fully fill up the, the bout card. And I'm sure it has something to do, you know, with a budget and with what Viacom and Showtime and everybody wants they, wants them to do and their running time on their shows. So there's not really much I can say about it. But I've only had one fight or one year so far in my professional career where I've had three fights in a year, which is what I want. I want three to four a year. And uh, I was lucky to get three last year, but this year I've only had one. And now there's all these talks about Bellator possibly being sold. So I was supposed to get on the November card, but they said they couldn't make it happen. It was full. And I remember texting you were texting me about it. You're like, it's kind of a long shot, but I just figured I'd, I'd see. 
and I don't know if you're allowed or not, but do you want to grapple on this? And I told you, I was like, it's going to be like a last minute thing uh, because I'm just waiting to hear back on the November card. And like I said, Bellator, they were trying to get me on the card. They were, but sometimes it's a long process. It's not like, a, you know, they offer a guy a fight and then the next day they tell me the guy didn't take the fight and they're going to tell me like, okay, we're going to ask this guy next. And then that doesn't work out. And it's like, okay, you're not fighting. Sometimes it takes two or three weeks to try and make these matchups and find somebody that works or find something that fits in on the card for the what, what they're trying to go for. And uh, whenever I got word that I wasn't fighting on the card for sure, I hit you up immediately. I texted you immediately. I was getting on a plane, uh, come back to Pittsburgh, I believe. And I texted you right away. I was like, I can, I was like, who am I, who am I beating up? That was the text. I can confirm. I could probably find that text actually and share it at some point for the lead up. That was fun, man. And then I think that's... I think the exact words were who's who am I slamming the fuck out of? But you said no slams. <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Uh, unfortunately, I have to break your heart on the slam rule because we did have a, a bit of an incident at the first sprawl in the Berg with a slam, which we did say ahead of time that it was allowed. Like everybody knew that was fair game. But after it happened, we were like, yeah, we don't necessarily want that to happen again. So if you get if you hit a super nice double leg and it kind of like turns into a slam, that's fine. We just don't want the power bombs like out of submissions or somebody pull guard and you just power bomb. And that's that's what we want to avoid. Yeah, for sure. I understand. Dalton, um, question for you. You, you. You've had a super uber successful MMA career, um, starting with your amateur career with undefeated. And then you went on a run in Bellator for your pro um, debut through um, recently. And, and then you just faced your first defeat of your career. First of all, I just want to say, like, I, I pray for your next opponent. But secondly, um, what's that? Has that created a difference in you? like facing defeat for the first time has that fire been reignited like how how has that how has that suffering your first ever mma loss so i can't say that i notice the difference there's a lot of people out there they're like oh well this wasn't a loss it was a lesson that's not the mentality that i like to take i think you should be learning and victory and defeat and i think the people that they wait to say that until they lose are the people that are trying to make themselves feel better about losing. And I'm, I'm not the type of guy where I'm saying, like, losing's okay. It's not okay with me. But it happens sometimes. And sometimes you just got to address the issues at hand and move forward and try not to let it happen again. Now, that being said, I, I always work hard. I'm a very hard worker. I'm a workhorse. I'm in the gym two to three times every single day. So there's not much more I can do in terms of changing how I how I train and training more because then I'm just going to overdo it and I'm going to end up with injuries. I'm going to play with injuries and that's going to be a repeat of my wrestling career for fighting. So I got to train smart at the same time. But in terms of the way I'm training, uh, a lot of my training partners have told me like I, when I'm walking into the gym now that there's like just a different aura about me. Like I'm looking like, I look like I'm pissed off. Uh, my demeanor changed. I'm, I'm just giving you ex examples of what's been told to me. Uh, I look like I'm going in there to knock somebody out now where like I've, I've been walking in before with smiles on my face. Um, so I, it's not something I noticed, but I've had people around me tell me that, you know. So uh, if anything, maybe I'm just a little bit more pissed off and maybe my training partners are suffering a little bit.
but there's still things that I need to address outside of just my mentality towards training. It needs to, I need to fix my gas tank. I need to fix my energy expenditure. The only reason I lost that last fight, if you guys watched it, you've seen how I manhandled in the first round. The only reason I lost that fight is because I got tired and then I started making dumb decisions, stupid decisions when I got tired that caused me to get even more tired. So there's a difference between fighting tired and fighting through it and then being completely exhausted and not having any energy left to fight. And towards the end of the second round and the third round, that's where I was at. Whereas like the beginning of the second round, I was just tired and I could have figured out ways to get through it. But, you know, I made some stupid decisions out of fatigue in my mind. Uh, I think that's why I made the stupid decisions. Uh, but, you know, it led, led to some costly mistakes. Yeah, well just, well, just so you know, like, there's never a, a, a thing where we're not watching. Like, we are right right there with you. You're a, you're a Pittsburgh fighter, like – we are uh we're all on our slack channel like commenting and saying you know great first round like you know that kind of thing we're all cheering you on and watching every moment of your career bro i appreciate that i i, and I don't doubt it at all i do want to know very important question what makes you more mad losing that fight or having to watch matt canada call plays for the steelers listen as much as i hate matt canada man there's nothing i hate more than losing and the way I lost as well. I didn't lose to somebody that was better than me. I beat myself. And I know that's a cliche saying, but, and I know this was supposed to be a joke of a response, but <laughs> man, fucking. That's, I, that's the competitor. I, I really, yeah. Yeah. I really, really fucking hate losing. And I hate the way I lost because I beat myself. I literally, if I would have went in there that night and let's say I fought, fought John Jones and I just got outclassed. You know, he was out striking me. His reach was too long. He had the intangibles that I couldn't make up for. I couldn't take him down. I couldn't out grapple him when we did end up on the ground. And I couldn't stop his takedown defense. There was no absolute, there's absolutely no way outside of that I could beat him outside of a puncher's chance. You know, I could have, I could have sat with that a little bit better. I could have yeah. went home, you know, and I could have went to my hotel room that night and just thought to myself, like, man, this really fucking sucks. But he really was the better man. You know, there's nothing I could have done outside of a lucky punch that would have won me that fight. But that's not the case. It's literally, if you would have given me an hour to recover, I could have went back in there and beat him 30-27, 30-26, knocked him out. I, I see, watching, watching back the fight, I see the shots that I could have placed a little bit more power, a little bit more zip on them, where they landed flush, where it would have put them out, or more setups that I could have put in place you know to lead them into these traps of being knocked out there's so many different things that i could have did adjustment wise and the biggest one would be listening to my coaches and not wrestling all camp long all we did was strike and anti-wrestle all fucking camp long so i didn't do any wrestling any grappling outside of like you know grappling on fridays and grappling and our mma grappling on wednesday which is essentially just like combinations throwing your boxing combinations kick combinations to your takedowns and that's it so I got outside of my game plan. I made dumb decisions, started wrestling whenever that wasn't the game plan. My body wasn't even used to it. And like I said, I'm not going to make any excuses. The dude's a good fighter, but I know for sure if I get that fight back, it's going to be a different result every single time. Is that still the goal for you in your career right now? I mean, I'm not necessarily saying the rematch, but you kind of you said it earlier that Bellator is like in a weird limbo right now. Like, what are you preparing for just in, in the terms of the scope of your career? 
I mean, honestly, if I, I don't think so, I think my personal opinion, I've heard some stuff, I've heard rumors both ways, but I think what's going to happen is PFL is probably going to acquire Bellator and they're probably going to run separately for a little bit, maybe a year or two. And maybe do some cross promoting within there, but Bellator has TV contracts and stuff. So they're probably going to want to run those TV contracts up and want to like get their rosters in place before and fill out these contracts onto the contracts that are in place before they like move on and either merge or do co-promotions or whatever they plan on doing with it. I don't know if they're going to act as two separate companies or if it's just going to merge all under PFL and try to be like one powerhouse to compete with the UFC. But yeah. either way, I think I'm good if I, if it's, you know, I lost one fight. Obviously, you don't want to go into a situation like this on a loss. I put myself in a bad position, but I can't imagine none of one, one, if not all of the big three promotions, you know, are going to want me. So I've, I've, I have a great body of work. I'm young. Uh, you know, I have all the right people around me right managers the i have the the support the fans so i i think no matter what happens i'll be good i'll, I'll figure a way out i'll either go straight to the promotion or if i have to go back to the regional scene get a couple fights and then go to one of the big three after that that's that's fine too and you know i'm i'm young i'm not in a rush to do anything and i think i'll be fine at the end of the day perfect man i love that doesn't surprise me at all man like we said earlier your career trajectory it's always kind of been pretty obvious that you were going to do whatever you set out to do. So we're excited to see what that next step might be. Obviously, the very next step is Friday, October 20th against Tanner Hall inside the 247 cage. So we're excited to see that, brother. Thanks so much for getting back in touch with me to seeing who you could, you know, slam the fuck out of, as you said, which I did check the text, by the way. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so that's super valid. But uh, I appreciate the time today, man. Enjoy your drive and enjoy that pizza, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Have a good night. For sure, man. Later. Thanks, yeah. Dalton. Yeah, thank you. All right. Look at this guy. Chilling. Straight up chilling. Gavin Teasdale. What's up, brother? Doing good. How you guys doing? Good, man. What's we that shirt? Well. Uh, I did a camp like a year ago. It was at uh, Peters Township. Oh, One nice. of our uh, high school guys that comes up here. His coach is the coach up there at uh, Peters Township. So they wanted me to come up and do a camp. Hey, Middleton, I haven't got the tickets yet. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell these. I haven't got the tickets yet. <laughs> did you? Did you did... Just, calling, just calling you flat out, son. Well, I mean. It says that they're in process right now, but uh, it should get here later tonight. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it was guaranteed by today. I overnighted them. So. Yeah. Dude, well, there's a lot of people for this card. It's going to be nuts, man. The matchups are crazy. Obviously, we got some absolute bangers on this card. Chiefly among them, dude, you versus Lucas Siebert. I mean, we said it earlier because Lucas was on the podcast first because he had to get to practice. But, dude, we've been looking forward to this matchup. Like, since you guys signed it, we were like, we just can't wait to see Gavin versus Lucas. So, first off, are you as excited as we are about this? Like, are you ready to roll or what? Oh, I'm pumped, dude. There's nothing like that atmosphere, especially getting locked in the cage. Um, there's nowhere to run. Kind of, you go for a takedown, they try to back up. Cause that's what I've been used to my whole wrestling career. As I shoot, I was always the offensive guy, but there's nowhere to back up to. And inside that small cage, is it the smaller octagon? It is. The bigger one. Yep. It's the small one still because the Meadows is a really tiny venue for us. Yeah, Middleton, we're, 
were you impressed with the uh, crowd up there at Cincinnati? <laughs> hey, um, Gavin, <laughs> Gavin, just, ju just so you know, um, go check your mailbox. I know. It says it's freaking delivered, but every time I look, there's nothing. So I think yeah. it got, must have got like, well, I have to call the post office or something, but I think they're. Dude, that's the backwoods. Way, tonight that's them backwoods post offices, I'll tell you. Got yeah, they don't go to the front door. Sometimes they get dropped off at the post offices. <laughs> got got delivered by a literal donkey, like just strapped to the donkey's back, kicks it off. Dude, hopes to like, get there. There was ten stops in between Pittsburgh and Somerset. I'm like, how many times can you stop in between? We're like fifty <laughs> miles down the road. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. I love that. But uh, yeah, how Tan you guys gonna one up yourselves next time with uh Gordon Ryan or? Gordon Ryan on the next card or something. Th that's pretty much the only way to go up, right? <laughs> yeah, PJ Bars went from him. Nicky Rod. That's Dante. the only guy. Yeah, or dude. Danaher. Dante, Dante Leone was ranked number two pound for pound in the world just this week. Yep. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah dude. The, um, that match over there was like the World Team Games. Mm. Like over there with like our heavyweight from the Team USA team, John Hansen, but uh. I think he had a good performance out there. Yeah, dude, he's nuts. He just won uh, Pan's super heavyweight. He weighs like 175 pounds, and he just said, screw it, I'll, I'll do super heavyweight, and he won. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's, he's nuts, man. He's super nuts. But uh, that's not to say that like the rest of the talent on the card, too, is insane. Obviously, having Nicky Rod at the top, very cool. We love everything about that matchup. But, man, I do want to talk to you about this matchup specifically with Siebert because we had Tanner on the show a little earlier, and he was saying that you're probably – well, not probably, that you are the best-conditioned athlete that he's ever worked with. So – how do you kind of weaponize your cardio? Like how much of a weapon is your cardio and your pace? And is that something that you actively focus on or is that just how you're built? I think it's more like a mindset thing because from a young age, if I lost the match, I was going to go out there, I was throwing the kitchen sink of them. And I think like the fans, like a lot of people like respect that along the way. But if I'm going out there, I'm not trying to score points and whatever it is, I'm not trying to win. Then what's the point of even going out there? And uh, I think that helped me with my conditioning along the way. Because like when you switch your mindset from scoring points, like, Man, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired. If you're focused on like the point and your mind's going in that direction, you're not focused on getting tired. So your body can go a lot longer. You ever go into like a workout? You ever take a street fight? They're dead within 20 seconds. But like a guy that's like really well conditioned, that's just relaxed, that stays confident. I was uh, I was watching something on like Sean O'Malley. And he says like the hardest part is just like keeping your heart rate under control when you go out there with like all the fans and people yelling because you can really stress yourself out before you go out there. So it's just like keeping a, a level head and going into the same way into like practice as you would like a match. I think that's one thing, man, throughout not just your MMA and now your submission grappling career, but your entire life as a wrestler is that you've always been a guy who performed better the bigger the stage got. Like if there if the clutch gene does exist, then I would say you have it. And where do you think that comes from, man? Like what is it about a pressure situation that just makes you turn up the best version of yourself? Uh, you can see, like at the World Tournament, I could see that it's going to be a lot tougher at the World Tournament than what it is at the Naga. So you kind of have to like, Go to like, your surroundings, like know what they have. So, like, if I know a guy has like a really good, a good overhand right, well, stay away from his power, but also get to what you're good at. So, I feel like respecting what somebody has, but also going out there and approaching your game plans have to battle itself. It's like not getting caught up in their gameplay. Like in the Fargo finals, I remember my dad saying how good this guy was. Like the he was a Greco champ, and he said don't go upper body with him. But if you tell 
a wrestler that's real stubborn, you're gonna go right up a body with them, dude. And I just went up her body and it got launched. But um <laughs> kind of like learning that way. Yeah, so the time, you know. So when it comes to Lucas, like how do you approach a match like this against a guy who was you know, he said it himself, not the level of wrestler that you were, doesn't have like a really distinguished submission grappling career or anything like that to speak of. Like what kind of challenges does he present you or, or what kind of game plan are you formulating for this one? It's lanky. The guys that like were my honestly the kryptonite when I wrestled him were like short stock guys that were explosive. Cause like I was listening to a few things that he said in his interview. He's saying like obviously with the He's going to have like a little bit of height on me, even though I don't think that that would come in a factor in a fight. He's staying about strike, and I think I get to the inside very easy and tear him up. But uh, I, I get to see myself getting to his legs very fast because, like, with my fake, my level changed. If you don't respond on that fake, I'm going to get to your leg. And if you are biting on it, snap and do it, if that doesn't work, pop back, I can get to a leg attack. He hit you and sweep single, high crotch, low leg single, duck under, depending on what your reaction is. So I'm going to go out there and kind of like – I don't like to go in with like a game plan. You ever hear like these people say – they got their number one attack. I go, I kind of wing it when I'm out there. Like, I see like how they reacted. You got to be able to adjust on the spot. It's like they're biting real hard. If I'm fake with my right arm, they're really biting with that left leg. I got to know that the high crotch is open the far side. So you just got to see like how they respond while you're out there and not get caught up in their trap. The trap's going to be, I know I'm going to get to like his leg, pressure him against like that cage. Once you get to like the leg, making sure your chin's tucked, your neck's not out of position on the finishes. Because getting into the leg attack's half the battle. I can get into anybody's leg attack. So I didn't shoot a lot at Worlds because my head would get out of position. When you hit a high crotch, all your pressure's going forward. But as soon as you get to the leg, you got to be able to stop yourself and pressure back. Because if I pressure forward on a high crotch, I'm going to get caught in a guillotine. I'm going to get caught like, in a few different things. So you got to pressure. As soon as you take somebody to the ground, that's what's different with wrestling. When you take a wrestler to the to the ground and like wrestling, you're trying to get him to his back. So you're pressuring him forward. But in jiu-jitsu, you want to pressure him back as soon as you get him to the ground. But when you get to the leg, you want to pressure forward. But as soon as you get to that leg or something, you want to keep your chin touched. You just staying small with the finishing my shots clean, making sure my arms are not out of position, just being real smart with it. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense, man. And I love listening to you break that down because it reminds me of like a quarterback calling a play, like a super high-level quarterback. Like, dude, to me, obviously not being a lifelong wrestler – like, you, you know, when you hear like Peyton Manning call a play that just sounds ridiculous, that that's how that was to me. But you could tell, dude, that that's like your natural comfort zone. And I think that's exactly what we see whenever you're in the cage, like sprawling the Berg one being one of the most perfect examples, I think, because that was some people knew the storyline going in. But I think a lot of people there maybe didn't know that you fought Freddie Rodriguez in your pro MMA debut and he beat yeah, you by decision. Knock somebody that uh, De La Cruz out. On uh, what the hell was it? Fury FC, but he yeah. looked good last. I think he fought a week and a half ago. But he was asking about me going up there training him. Gray Maynard in that uh, El Togatiras. They all train at the same gym, I guess, in Michigan. He was wanting me to come up there and roll around. But he's a good dude. That's a good group of guys, man. Yeah, that w- that would be a great training room for you, obviously. And it, like you and Freddie are just a really good matchup in general. But I think it was surprising to him and to a lot of us at how well you controlled that bout at Sprawl in the Berg. So like what what was different? Obviously, you can strike in a fight. That's that's a very duh thing to say. But how different was the grappling just whenever it changed from MMA to just grappling him? He pressured. Remember how he took me down in my fight? I remember that. Every single I was like, how did this freaking guy be in? For one, I got more takedowns than like the fight, but he outstruck me. He got me with like the points and stuff. I didn't understand like the whole scoring, how that was done. And that's with like the experience. But I kind of beat him in the same position. He beat me. I pressured him against the cage and I hit a duck under, but I noticed he was going back every time I would hit a fake. 
So I knew that eventually he wasn't going to be able to back up anymore. And I got his ass against the cage and got him in that seatbelt position. I know he was going real heavy with that left leg. As soon as I'm good with that position, I get a seatbelt. If you're putting like all the weight on one leg, I can usually see which weight you're putting the weight on because they can't step that leg back. So I noticed when I had that underhook that his right leg was to open up and I just went right from the underhook right down to a low leg and came out the back door and pulled him off the cage real quick. So I've been working on a lot of the cage defense. But um, half the battle is just the pressure control, controlling the octagon, make sure your ass is towards the center, kind of like in wrestling, and to make sure that you're pressuring him out of bounds and your butt's facing the center the whole time. Mm. That Yeah. Go ahead, Ron. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's an interesting point. Like Cody Gamble was talking a lot about how much different it is grappling in a cage. Like what what was different for you when you did get to the cage and how valuable was it that you had been training MMA so you've obviously felt that cage work ahead of time? Well, honestly, like what I noticed a lot of these guys that haven't even wrestled before, they're good at – if I get a guy that's never wrestled before up against the cage, when I was down there at Kill Cliff FC, I was rolling around guys like, Johnson, like Burton, and they're so good up against like the cage. If you get them in that seatbelt and you do pressure them out, it's so hard to pull them off like that cage and stuff. Because like people they'll kind of like sit on the wall. There's like certain rest. It's hard to take them down because like they're like a center of balance. Once they get against that cage, it's a different wrestling. So you gotta kind of have to put yourself in that position before you go out there. And I think once you combine the two, like from the outside, obviously you can take anybody down. But like cage wrestling is a lot different. Getting back to what Gamble said, it's a lot different than regular wrestling in the open match. As soon as it goes out of bounds, it's restarted. Gavin, you, um, you, you've you been through a lot in your career. You kind of had a spotlight on you as a kid, um, and you you really um, you really went through a lot of things in, 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 in your path. And, and so, one, I wanted to say I'm really proud of what you've done, of what you've um, – there were there are a lot of people who were um, – ruthless for someone that was you know a young kid and so um one i want to say like i'm super proud of of everything you've done everything you're becoming and that you continue to work and use um the gifts that god has given you to uh to further your your life and 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 you haven't let like people can tear you down and and you you didn't let that happen and so one uh, i'm super proud of you and then two, um, one of the things like I've been around a lot of wrestling and MMA and all that stuff. I I was super um, impressed at, at your first MMA fight that we had. There was something really special that I could tell. Like wow, like I could. He's it, this is elite. This is a different level. Is just your level changes and the the speed, the quickness in a level change that was just unheard of this is that something that you've always known there was like a different level for or was that something that you worked really hard on to get that timing down and to get that like speed down like how, there's just a difference with, with like with that yeah, and yeah, every I other restaurant it's I um I kind of you have to be a student of the sport like I uh, I study like a lot of these top guys like Mike Tice like Muhammad Ali and you got to be like you got to know who, like, the greats were in, like, the sport. And obviously, like, the greats, like, in wrestling, the brands, the Colettes, the Smiths. And you got to, like, pick what made them good in, like, their style. Smith was good from the outside. Colt was good from the inside. You get to his leg. So each guy had, like, something in their style that, like, made him good. And you got to have to put that into, like, your style and work it in practice. So you can know, like, what they have. You can study the sport all you want. I see, like, a lot of these guys, they think, like, they're Gordon Ryan or all of a sudden just studying this stuff on social media. You know what the reels now? 
Like back mm-hmm. in the day, it used to be like, remember coolat.com? Mm-hmm. Like no, get on there, you look up all the videos. It's like the original thing before Flow Wrestling. But if you, you study all that stuff and you go into a workout and keep that in the back of your head, and that's like all your life consists of losing sleep on it. How did I get taken down in like that workout? And then you figure out how you got beat and what your strengths are. So I knew I was quick from the outside. I knew I could clear distance a lot faster. Uh, even like I, I kind of combine some stuff from like football into like wrestling. They feel like you switch up your speeds. A lot faster if you see somebody in this direction, you go the opposite way. You got to see like where somebody's weakness is, go the opposite way. Always don't play into their strengths. But a uh, thing in wrestling is like a fake. Thing in fighting is like a jab. That's just like keeping them off balance. A jab, jab. Always keeping them on their feet. Um, you have to have a good faker. I think a fake is the biggest thing like in wrestling and be able to switch up speeds and be able to go into like a five, six move burst and then just relax, relax, get your win back. Because if you go crazy the whole time, you can get tired of this fast. And it does look like I have good conditioning, but if you can feel somebody else breaking, your conditioning improves. Mm. You know, like after you get like that first takedown, pushing their head through the ground, you kind of feel them breaking, gives you more confidence. And yeah. just being out there, and it's 10,000 hours than anything you're considered an expert. And I got a lot of fucking hours. <laughs> many hours. <laughs> No doubt, man. I mean, it's it's crazy evident. Like Ryan said, you your speed, your transitions and level changes are, are definitely next level, super elite. Everybody who watches you sees it. What's what's been so exciting to me is that, as Ryan said, you know, all the stuff you went through, you kind of took a break from competition. But when you came back and started competing again, it you didn't lose anything, bro. It's like the same guy out there, which is yeah, amazing. And that's like the toughest. I don't like to talk shit on like college wrestling, but like when you go to college. They're recruiting you because you like already know a lot of stuff like about the sport. I feel like a lot of these wrestlers they'll go to like get college and expect to learn all this like different stuff. But your background's already established before you even get to college. You kind of like want to build onto that. I think um, kind of like along the you don't you want to have like the same style kind of like coming up and then start to build on it. So strength, technique, and speed is kind of like building on that like along the way and then figure like the in and outs like the sport. You still see Kale Sanderson and all these guys like wrestling around and practicing so. They don't know the sport. They're still trying to figure it out. There's a lot more. I mean, shit, this MMA stuff now, dude, it's there's seven different arts in one. You don't get knocked out, but they compare boxing and like all this. All right, try to hit an uppercut and get right into a knee to the body. Dude, I was mm-hmm. down there at freaking Kill Cliff and I went with the one FC champ right away and I hit a feint. As soon as I hit that feint, dude, he hit a nasty toe kick. A great to my lip. <laughs> Fuck, I couldn't show him like how bad it hurt. But you just have to go forward if anything like that happens and get to what you're good at. So you can't get caught up like in their game. But what people are good at, they're good at. And it's that's what's crazy about this time. I mean, you don't get knocked out by a knee, it could be an elbow. You don't get knocked. There's so many different things that people haven't figured out. It's a new sport, and I feel like could be GSP. They're starting to develop it, and they're close. They're like 50% good. They're just as good at striking as they are kicking. They're just as good at kicking as they are at jiu-jitsu. So like, but I still think that there's a lot of stuff to learn like about this sport that hasn't been discovered yet. UFC just started, what, 93, 94? Yeah. It's only been around yeah. for how many years now? It's Boxing's been around. All these other sports been around for how many years? So like, they, they kind of know like the techniques that go into that. But this sport's like still developing along the way. For sure. I, I like Jared Billy's comment here with dudes like him as coaches. I see why the shop is a top gym, man. You definitely are a big part of what they got going on there, obviously. And the rise, we were just talking to Tanner about the growth of the shop and how you guys are evolving. Um, while you're talking about it, going down to Kill Cliff, obviously I wanted to ask you, man, is the plan to get back? Do you want another MMA fight? Is the plan for you to... Oh, definitely. So like, yeah. that's why I was back. When you hit me up about the sprawling room, like, shit, right after I was done with Worlds, I was going to call. Because the only reason that I did the grappling was to kind of help me with my 
funny because if you control so I get somebody to the ground and you can stop a submission then you punch that's half the battle or what it is mm-hmm. the only reason I did that but then I keep getting like offered like I got off of the UFC invitate but then I didn't want to do that but since this was like a hometown thing like hell yeah let's do it especially against the number one 135 number 45 powder he says it enough he actually he's not freaking cocky like either but he he's the one messaging me on my stuff protect your neck I'm like what are you supposed to like say to that dude like you went out of your way to like start this shit. Then you're gonna act like I'm coming after. No, I would come after you. But like now that you're gonna act like the victim, I'll treat you like the victim. You know, I, I don't get caught up like in that dude because it's. But you keep it in the back of your head and like the practices. See, to, to me, I just see it as fun. Like yeah. I see it as fun. The fans like it. Like it helps draw. So it's all in fun. But um, sometimes it can get nasty. But I like to keep it fun. But it, it you know. Yeah, I yeah. Can assure you there's not a mural of Lucas Seabra's picture. The, the, you, you have the bronze statue, right? I can assure you that. <laughs> I'm glad that you heard that. That's hilarious. But, dude, it, it's exciting to hear you say that you want to get back to MMA as well. So is the long-term goal for you, like, UFC champ? Is that the end goal for Gavin Teasdale? Yeah, dude. Half the battle was – I had an issue with the management team. That's the whole thing that happened – up there at the club that we used to go to. It was just on different pages, like, with that. But now I'm, like, in a management team. They'll hook me up with, like, a gym. So I want to get, like, a few wins underneath, like, my belt, get my record where it needs to be, and then sign with, like, a big organization. But it's half the battle is just staying active. Dude, it's so hard to, like, stay active because people accept the fight, and then they decline to fight it. It's just this game, they'll call you two weeks out, and you got to be right. It's not like for like, your regular job where you got a month or two in advance. It's like you got to make sure your weight's on point. You get a call two weeks out. Hey, be ready and shit, that's how Kama Worthy got big in UFC. Go yeah. out a week out, go out there to fight the UFC. And those are like the opportunities you got to take half the time. So you always got to be ready. Yeah, man. Well, I do know an organization that has an MMA card on December 16th and will be having very regular events in 2024 and, and moving forward. So I'm, j- I'm just saying, bro, we'd love to keep working with you. Oh, for sure. For sure, dude. <laughs> dude, I love it, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you sharing everything. Obviously, uh, you know, there were a lot of comments about just loving your mentality, as I did, too. It's always cool to hear you break down something. Like you said, 10,000 hours, man. You're a genuine expert at that, and it shows when you talk about it. So I always love hearing that, man. Thanks for jumping on, and we'll, we'll see you guys here at the end of October, October 20th. Gavin versus Lucas Siebert. You heard from Lucas to start this show. You get to hear from Gavin to end the show. That's an absolute banger. Thanks, Gavin. I appreciate and that, it, man. And now yeah, Gavin... Noon. <laughs> Noon. And, that, and now Gavin is headed back to his Lucas Siebert shrine to worship. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is it Go. like a face-off? Are we facing off with each other? Hop on uh, you, you have to get in each other's face. Like yeah. You have to be intense. We gotta yeah, sell, I'll bring brother. it down to my level. I'm 5'5", five, 5'4". Five, five, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just have him hunch a little. You'll be good. Yeah, he'll be in my when I snap him. <laughs> nice. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Crazy excited for that matchup. Crazy excited to work with all you shot boys, man. Very proud of what you guys are doing. Just keep up the good work, and we'll see you guys very soon. Could have done way as an Upper St. Clair guy. Like, the the shirt has to go, bro. Just saying. (laughs) Why is that your rival? Yeah, well, they just kicked our butts last week. Or the week before, rather. What's the coach up there now? Who's the uh, head coach? At at Peters or where? At Peters Township. Yeah, I don't know. That's the guy. uh, Jackson Angelo, his coach, is the one that. I forget who his dang coach is. I don't know. He they, they they did a good job of out coaching us. That's yeah. They got a lot of people too. Yeah. I mean, having fifteen hundred in a class helps. You're gonna have one or two good wrestlers. That's crazy. Jefferson has forty. Yeah, that fifteen hundred. <laughs> that's it. That's nuts. So 
You see different yeah. people every day. Jefferson, you know the whole freaking school the first day. Yeah, dude. That's what I was saying. That's how I grew up too, man. My class was 69, which was pretty sweet. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a great number. It's a nice number. You need to get Dustin into this. Dude, I've been trying to get Dustin. I need to I'm gonna send this clip to Dustin actually once we get off. He needs to at least do a sprawl in the berg. Like if he's not gonna fight, gotta grapple. He would so be guys, so good. Dustin Conte is Conti? Conti. Yeah. Conti. Whoa. <laughs> um he he's he's a high level wrestler um and also Hunter's cousin. Correct. Yeah. So Hunter has not done a good enough job of recruiting him to MMA or grappling for that matter. I know. I'm He's pretty trash. So I think it's it's going to be down the road here in the next year or two. He tore his Achilles last year playing flag football of all things. So that's been the recovery that he's been doing right now. So once he's back, he says he wants to do a sprawl in the berg for sure. But I'm going to I'm going to hold him to that. I got to see this. Yeah, all right. I got his ass about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All, all right, right, Gavin. All right. Hey, you guys go, have a good night. Go get your Thanks, tickets, brother. brother. Yeah, they're in the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you a text when I get them. Later. Get Thanks. For sure. <laughs> he just peaced out. I got one more thing before we log off here, ladies and gentlemen. I want to share this screen with you because we just talked about so much Sprawl in the Berg stuff. I just wanted to have you be able to visualize the card thus far. So here's what we've announced. Um, there's more bouts coming. But here's what we've got announced. Uh, you can take a look. Dude, through. That I'm, is I'm, ridiculous. It's super, super nuts. So I think like when we talk about the bouts, it sounds big, but it's not until you see them all at once that you're like, holy crap, this night is insane. Like we didn't talk about Chase Boyd versus know, Jay Deckenip at all. Saying. Like That's ridiculous. Like Savage Gentleman and Garrison Creed, which is an insane pro wrestling grappling crossover between two guys that actually know how to grapple but actually are also stars in pro wrestling. Miguel, like that's crazy. Hustleton and Crap. Like there's this is insane. Guys, the, get your tickets now. 247fighting.com. If you don't, you're dumb. I you're dumb. I can't say it any better than that. We're logging off. You're all dumb if you don't buy tickets, so go buy tickets. Let's don't, go. And don't be dumb. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, it like won't end. Come on. <laughs>